0: In the background
1: i was just saying when honorable members that you are welcome to the portfolio committee on tourism we also take this opportunity to welcome the department led by both the minister yeah.
2: Honorable
3: yeah.
1: can you can just mute please If we can just, all of us, mute our mics. Please. Okay, let me start again. Honorable members, we are welcome to the Portfolio Committee Meeting on Tourism. We also take this opportunity to welcome our Honorable Minister, Mamulu Kukubai, accompanied by the Honourable Deputy Minister Fish Masalela, the Collective of Tourism Department led by Ntate Tarache from the administration side, and also the administration of the Portfolio Committee. We are also taking this opportunity to welcome members of the public of South Africa who are on different social media platforms who have got an interest in what we are going to be dealing with today as Portfolio Committee on Tourism. Honorable members, as you all know, the numbers in as far as uh, casualties around those who have contracted the virus are going higher and higher. We also know that those who are perishing as a consequence of the coronavirus, the number is also going higher and higher. Here in the province of the Northwest, we have lost an MEC of Cocter. May his soul rest in peace. There are also, I think, two members of the executive, including the Premier, who have contracted the virus. We want to take this opportunity to send a message of condolences to all the families affected throughout the Republic of South Africa, throughout the world, and we also want to take this opportunity to wish those who are recovering from the coronavirus a speedy recovery. We also want to urge all South Africans to make sure that we take all the necessary precautionary measures to make sure that we reduce as drastically as possible the possibility of contracting the virus. We all know the distance that we need to keep of one meter, one and a half meter to two meters. We also know that we need to be washing and sanitizing on a regular basis. We must never get tired of sanitizing and washing our hands. We also know that we need to make sure that the places where we stay, we fumigate, we, we sanitize the schools where we work. We also know that we must make sure that when we cough, we either protect ourselves with something so that we don't spread the germs. We also know, honorable members, that we need to abide by the directives of the Coronavirus command National Command uh, Council if we can speak to our people to only move around when it is necessary to do so, and that at all material times, we must make sure that we've got our protective masks so that we can reduce the risk of contracting the virus. It is in that context that we are meeting here today. If it was not because of COVID-19, we will not be sitting like this as a committee and the rest of parliament to consider supplementary manifestations of the supplementary budget. If it was not because of corona, we will not be sitting here and revising the numbers, upwards and downwards. As it is today, we are going to be getting a briefing from the department led by Minister Kubai to brief us about whether one of the three things may have happened to our department. Only three things can happen to the budgets. One, the, the budgets can either be revised upwards or downwards. Lastly, we left the cities. So in the course of the presentation by the minister, they will indicate to what extent or in which category, in which category do we fall as the Torres Receptor. We welcome you all, and once more, we want to repeat the message of keeping ourselves safe. I hope the minister has now joined us. We are going to be taking this opportunity to hand over to the minister to... Do the necessary presentation and the introductions. Thereafter, we'll allow the members to freely interact with the presentation. In case I get cut, honorable members, because it does look like there might be problems of the way. Honorable Luziso, Makubana, Shady, Lucy, will then be taking over in case anything happens. I just thought that we need to bring that to the attention of the committee and those who are watching at home. Honorable Minister Ngubani, Nkubani, over to you,
4: my sister. Thank you very much, Chair. Um, Greetings to you, Deputy Minister, um, members of the... Portfolio Committee, honorable members support, the Director General together with the senior uh, leadership of the department. Um, We appreciate this opportunity to come and brief the portfolio today. Um, While we continue with our work as tourism uh, being one of the hard hit uh, portfolios or sectors um, by the COVID-19 chair, the first thing I need to say is that um, from our APP, because we had an opportunity to amend our APP, our start plan, as we tabled uh, and we engaged with the portfolio, it remains the same. You Remember that um, we had kept the old figures um, and we did indicate that once the Minister of um, Finance has tabled Um, the revised budget will come back to brief the portfolio committee, which is this opportunity we have today. Um, With that, Chair, Chair, I need to indicate that as we are aware, many of us, um, um, like today, we are briefing you today um, after um, the announcement of the Enhanced Level 3. We're looking at major of our sector coming back engaged um, after our presentation. I continue to echo the sentiments to say ours as the portfolio, we always look um, at what needs to be done that once we release and we submit it. it gets processed through a rigorous process in the process of government until the final announcements are announced. Um, and continuously work is being done. We would note that as we looked forward to opening of many of our activities. Unfortunately, Chair, it the happens as many of the areas this um, of this opportunity. we um, seeing a rise of spike in terms with of the, the, infections. Infections. the number many of people, people are getting affected. As you are saying, it's no longer about obesity. It's, it's energy energy. Energy. Is the people it's that someone knows in their food. It's sort of sometimes an announcement. So that, by your nature, is what it has an impact because when you look at some of our restaurants who have opened, I've taken time to visit several of our restaurants who are opened, especially those that do not sell alcohol, because those who sell alcohol have always argued that they are not able to make a business because they do not have the license and they do not are able to sell alcohol for sit-down. But when you look at those that do not even have licenses to sell alcohol, I've interacted with some of them, and you would understand the severity of the impact of the virus, because people are staying at home voluntarily You open, some of them were saying, I do not even have, if I have 10 clients per day, actually I'm being lucky. So we're seeing that as we take efforts as government to open the tourism sector or even the economic sectors, you find the challenge of people being wary because they're seeing the number of the virus going up, the number of the infected people going up. They're seeing a number of people dying that they know in their families and everybody. Or even major is that many of the people are starting to have to be in quarantine for 14 days or isolate because they've been in contact with somebody who's who's turned positive. So that's the reality, and that's the context of our presentation today, where we find ourselves as tourism. It continues to be a difficult environment that we operate under, and you'd understand, chair and members, honorable members, is that when you look at what we are tabling today, which the Director-General will will take us through the presentation, we will take note that we've been able to proactively identify the areas where we do note that we are going to have difficulty to implement them because of COVID-19, and I'll make an example, and we'll come to the presentation, issues such as uh, market access, Market access, we are not able to spend or have activities around those due to the fact that many of the exhibition, many of the conferencing that we normally take people for those market access are not taking place. Now, part of what the implications thereof means, Chair, is that major of our transformational targets, our transformational goals that we have as the department are going to suffer a regress. Because if we're not able to get these businesses, into market where they can sell their products for sustainability the challenge is that all the likelihood is that they are going to find themselves in a very difficult position so that's the first thing i want to say as we present today. The other issue, Chair, in terms of the finances, you know that uh, many, some people confuse what we have done and all that, but we'll report. And when we come for the annual report, we'll come back and give you in detail what we have done for the TRF. TRF belonged to the last financial year, so it's not in this financial year. You are not going to find it. But being here, I want to report that we've made quite good progress. We've been, despite the challenges of the court, delays, uh, and I hope those who have been believing that our intention is to only to is to discriminate against white business. I hope today they've been proven otherwise because we ours was never about discrimination, but emphasis of people complying with the South African laws, emphasis of recognizing that B, BBB remains one of the policies of this government. And we have to continue to ensure that we are able to transform the the economy, we are able to transform the sector for the betterment of the whole country. And I always say that without everybody being included in the in, in our economy, then our democracy is at risk. So we need to continue to acknowledge those, those policies were put in place for a particular reason. So we'll come when we report at our annual report, because the issue of TRF belongs to the last financial year, uh, we'll report at that time. What we will see in this financial year chair is the allocation that we have announced of the tourism guides, where we've acknowledged that many of them have not been able to receive support, and therefore we needed to find mechanisms to give them some level of support. In terms of the process, we had asked the provincial registrars to assist us in terms of verifying the details of the the tour guides registered, provide us with the information to national so that we can be able to look at that. We take that information, go and verify with Home Affairs to validate that those individuals are still alive. Secondly, we send it to um, UIF to verify if they have not been benefiting from UIF because we want to avoid double TP. So the first batch of them have come back. We've had difficulties with one or two provinces where, for example, one of the provincial offices was closed due to COVID. So we had to have some level of understanding so that we can be able to provide support for those and not be harsher. So that province as well catching up to be able to provide us with the information. And we are almost at the point because we did not want to pay unless UIF has confirmed that these individuals have not benefited. So we have been able to find some amongst the list that we've received who have benefited out of UIF. So we are removing them from the list and then we'll be paying those. So the feedback from UIF actually came back this week. So part of that first batch will be processed um, as soon as possible to, for them to receive. So that's that's in a nutshell chair. just to say, but maybe as I, I conclude and give the, the DG to, um, give over to, to the DG to present while I have, the DM as well can come in. Um, as I, if I forgot something, just to indicate, colleagues, um, we're meeting today, and I need to indicate one of our colleagues is, that, is that last week with us. Unfortunately, um, we we are said that she's leaving us. Uh, she's taken early retirement. Um, she will be departing Didi so it will be her last committee meeting chairperson with honorable members so we have done our part in terms of wishing well it's a it's a difficult process when you get um, people leaving you uh, but we do understand the circumstances so we have wished her well as the department um, but we've encouraged her not to be a stranger into um, the portfolio because this is an individual who spends about 30 years of experience in the public service um, so she remains with valuable information valuable guide that resource from her when the need arises so thank you very much chair um, that's it from my side um, we'll come back after the questions oh, oh.
1: thank you very much minister before we give over to the head of department to do the presentation we want to appreciate the minister for you having brought to the attention of not only the portfolio committee, but South African public at large that is on different social media platforms. To be aware that we have been having, in our eyes, a very loyal, disciplined, focused, hardworking, passionate woman, Memo Morong, who has been part of the public service. We came in last year around this period. We've been working together with her. We know the extent of her depth in as far as the dynamics of issues of tourism in particular and public service in general is concerned. We want to wish her well, the family, everybody else, and we hope that the experience you have on tomorrow will not only be kept to the family, but you will continue somehow wherever you will be, to contribute to the construction of this united, democratic, non-racial, non-sexist, and a prosperous society. Because the experience we have accumulated over the years cannot be measured in commercial terms. We can't compare it to anything else. Moreover, because you are a woman, because we seek to build a non-sexist society. We hope that in your voluntary work, you will continue to work with the NPOs and the NGOs to train young men and women who are in the tourism sector or who have got the potential to get into the tourism sector. So keep in touch, my sister. We will miss you, but not forever, because you will still be with us in the Republic of South Africa. The opportunities for you to take us through the presentation, honourable members. In the course of you interacting with the presentation, you can say whatever farewell words we also want to say to House tomorrow. Dadetara, over to you.
5: You have muted, DJ.
1: DJ, if you can unmute. DJ, uh, we can hear you. We just see the presentation scrolling on the screen.
4: Good dj has been cut off, Chair. If they can, yeah, he's trying to upload the presentation, so he got cut off. Oh, I don't know if so the administrators maybe they can upload the presentation so that he can be able to. He's back,
0: yeah.
6: I, I can upload it if, if okay, okay, yeah.
4: You
1: upload it, but also we must bring to the attention, Minister. You did very well, we got the presentation and all members have got the presentation. to was thank you, to all sir. of us. Yeah. So the Semola, you can do the uploading
7: and then yes. uh, the presentation can be done. Here we thank go. <laughs> thank, thank you, honorable chairperson and honorable members, um, uh, minister and DM. <clears throat> and 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 colleagues, um, honourable chairperson, we will uh, go through this presentation. Um, we will be brief, uh, given that indeed we have already uh, come here with uh, the APP, and we have gone through the details of the APP. Suffice to say that as we explain the adjustments in the budget, these adjustments. Are already taking into account the adjustments that were done uh, into the APP. Uh, So I I thought I should state that, Honourable Chairperson, so that uh, it 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 then flows uh, with with the understanding that we are talking about all the activities in the APP having been appropriated for even after we have done the adjustments. Uh, given that we had already adjusted that particular APP. So we'll go through um, the the issues around uh, the the, the COVID impact as well as the COVID recovery issues. Then we'll go into the details per programme of how uh, the changes uh, have been effected onto the budget itself. Um, Going to slide three. Uh, we have already shared this previously uh with uh, with the committee uh and and honorable members would would recall that previously we had reported and this uh was uh, as valid up to I would say around may uh and and more work is being done uh, so we will we will have further uh survey data that that would also come at a later stage but it is important to take note of the fact that um, the, the decline, which was estimated to be as much as 440 million international tourists globally, as well as uh, the, the, the five to seven years' worth loss of uh, the, 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 the export revenue that that would have come from the tourists, this 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 is significant in that it it says to us the same sort of trend would also be with us. And it then uh, justifies what we had already done with regards to being conservative and looking closely at whether the things that we were saying we were going to do were actually going to be doable at that particular point in time. Um, And there is an indication that uh, the recovery could take anything between 12 and 24 months um, and and as we go this 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 period also uh, 12 months in some instances could uh, even be a, a bit optimistic in terms of uh, full recovery. So we are still in for uh, uncertain times ahead. Um, we are still in for uh, very difficult times ahead, both for the industry but also for human life from the point of view of the pandemic. So as we go. Uh, and as we continuously adapt and adjust, we will always uh, take note of the fact that uh, the environment is not the same and we're operating in a new normal. Um, We then will move on to areas uh, that, that, that have been affected. The next slide would be the areas that have largely been affected broadly uh with regards to uh, the adjustments um and those adjustments uh are downwards um obviously as as we previously reported and also reported by uh the the our 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 uh, marketing entity, South african tourism the 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 marketing part of our business has largely been affected because of the environment in which we operate and as such it would not have made sense to continuously put uh, messages about come to south africa and so on out there uh, in an environment where everybody is just barely struggling to uh, survive and stay alive Uh, the second area that was affected and that would be the biggest area that has been affected with regards to the budget and we'll talk about how much Uh, the second area that was also uh, affected by the adjustments to the app in particular was the work around uh, expanded public works program and in particular this would be the work that uh, relates to uh, capital projects uh, as well as the work that relates to training projects and this is uh, in relation to the fact that uh, Gatherings um, and 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 also uh, some some aspects of construction at the time that we were dealing with the issues of the 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 the, the adjustments to the to the to the APP were not as yet allowed, and going forward uh, and with the the risks that we are facing and so on, uh, it, one cannot necessarily say with absolute certainty that we will, we will always be in an environment where certain gatherings would okay or would always be in an environment where certain activities would okay and hence most of the activities in and around this were actually put towards the very end uh, of the year and at that time the anticipation was that by the time we get there we would actually have already done most of the planning work and some work and then can begin and that would also have direct effect, of course, on uh, the issue of the the the, the, the uh, job opportunities. The other area, uh, and of course, on the other hand, the, in the classrooms were, 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 were not necessarily something that was anticipated at that time in terms of people that would be going for training, including those that would actually be going to do uh, their practical uh, work and so on. So, Part of the planning was largely based on what could still be done online and all those kinds of things, and with the possibility that down towards the end of the year, there would be a possibility that uh, there could be some some, some some opportunity to sit and uh, get uh, the, 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 the actual uh, training. Uh, the, 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 the last area that I think is worth highlighting in terms of uh The areas that are somewhat uh, challenged uh, is uh, the the Tourism Incentive Programme. Honourable chairperson and honourable members would remember that one of the areas that we had actually put, uh, um, Paul, let's go, uh, I'm I'm about four slides from that one. Just go, go, go. Two more slides. No, 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 no. Go, Go back, sorry. Go back. I haven't gotten sorry, Paul. I haven't gotten into the into the into the, the the spreadsheets. Just go up again, please. Up again, one more. Just go up again, one more, Paul. Please. Yes. Okay. So, wh- one of the things uh, before I speak to this slide, Yes, I was on the no 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 go go down go down sorry 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 no members go to slide four i'll just call them by by numbers please go to slide four thank you the the issue of uh, the issue of the tourism uh, incentive program uh there is a number of sub uh, programs or sub activities that we do in that particular program, uh, most of which have actually been affected by COVID. Amongst others would be the issues around uh, some of the issues around grading, uh, the issue of tourism empowerment fund, which uh, was meant to to really get to drive transformation and to come in within this uh, particular financial year. Unfortunately. The environment does not necessarily allow for that. Uh, businesses are currently really in a survival mode um, and some are not even able to survive. So to 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 really uh, get that kind of an instrument now, which is actually geared towards uh, drawing in investments and so on, is not quite uh, the, the most ideal environment as, as we speak at the moment. Um, The the, the, the others uh, where we also still had an adjustment uh, lower uh, was the Green Incentive Fund. Um, We are going to continue with that one. We believe that it will actually assist quite a lot with regards to uh, issues pertaining to the cost of doing business, but also to stay afloat. And this would relate to those businesses that would want to either retrofit with regards to energy or or with regards to water. Um, There is sufficient uh, capitalization of that particular program. The money that we had in that particular program would be able to at least sustain it throughout the the year. Uh, But we will need to put speed in terms of the implementation of the program itself. Let's move to slide five. Without going into too much detail about this particular slide, um, there has been uh, talk about uh, the recovery and the sequence of that recovery. Um, What we are now picking up is that what factually will remain the case is domestic tourism will be the first point of recovery. But subsequent to domestic tourism, we can't for sure say that it is going to be followed by regional and then subsequently be followed by international. As an example, there are countries at the moment, a country like New Zealand, where they are starting to report almost zero cases, uh, no active case and so on. Such a country would probably be a country that uh, if if they were to travel to any other country, may actually be accepted first uh, because of that. So it would probably a lot more depend on who seems to be travel ready with regards to the extent of uh, cases within their domain and so on. So the more a country recovers, the more that country would most likely be a potential market that would then have to look at, as opposed to specifically regional, then subsequently going international. Even within the region, there are countries that uh, are not necessarily uh, pursuing a policy of testing, contact tracing, uh, and all other... Uh, precautionary measures that are supposed to be taken, and as such, they don't necessarily lend themselves without mentioning countries by name. They don't lend themselves particularly to become uh, an ideal in immediate market to to be able to 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 actually do business with. Uh, let's move on, Paul, to uh, the next slide. What we have done, we have got a slide that shows uh, where the money is actually being uh, adjusted. But below that slide, we then have a slide that specifically then would indicate uh, which which particular sub-program has been affected. So we will be jumping each slide. The other slide would provide the members with more details. Uh, in this particular slide, uh, the indication is that uh, we, in total, we have actually lost a billion rands. Um, This billion rands uh, is made up largely of uh, money that has been readjusted from South African tourism, uh, which amounts to about 866 million rands. Uh, The remainder of uh, the, the, the adjustments come from the various other programs. Uh, Program one uh, in the department, uh, which largely contributed that uh, related to uh, operational expenses around uh, travel subsistence and those uh, related issues. Program two, uh, the, 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 the remainder of that almost falls. So, uh, million that 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 adds to make up uh, the 870 when added to the 600 and 866 uh, is is also savings from uh, the different other programs who so will then go and indicate where exactly we have taken some of that when we get to that particular program. And then we also have uh, this uh, 111 million. Uh, adjustment from tourism sector support services. And that amount uh, is largely coming from the tourism uh, incentive program, as I reported. And the the the, the last one, uh, but not the least one, uh, destination development, uh, about 14 million of that 16 million there is actually coming from the expanded public works uh, related programs. Let's move on to... Uh, The next slide I've alluded to it uh, that uh, the the program one uh, savings are coming from uh, largely uh, the the, the travel and subsistence uh, related expenses. Um, Moving on to the next slide, uh, which we have already indicated travel and subsistence. Then let's go to uh, tourism research policy and international relations. the the first sub-program there is basically uh, the DDG's office, and obviously those savings would, amongst other things, relate to the fact that right now we are actually connected online, uh, the fact that we will not be sending anybody anywhere outside the borders of the country anytime soon, uh, and so on. Um, we will also not be having gatherings that are, Uh, large numbers, whether it's uh, branch-related planning activities and all those kinds of things. So those savings have actually come through uh, in that regard. Um, What I need to emphasize, including uh, on research and knowledge management, uh, most of the other researches that we're doing will not be focusing on those specifically. We'll be focusing a lot more on research that uh, largely pertains to or associated with uh, COVID-related uh, impact and how we handle the whole the whole aspect of uh, adaptation going forward. The issues around, and, and there were other things that we we're going to do there, for instance, uh, we were going to have an innovation conference and all those kinds of things. Some of those things we are not necessarily going to be doing. Uh, international relations as well. Uh, we were going to be hosting uh, countries within the region, and within the continent, uh, and and we're going to have all these best practice uh, uh, workshops and so on. And we're going to also uh, support activities around uh, ministerial participation, uh, which which is it, it's it's actually designed in a manner that allows for the interaction of the minister with counterparts in the continent, and is part of our broader African agenda. Uh, those are things that we are not necessarily going to be doing. And, you can see how much they have actually reduced in terms of venues and facilities and so on. So, uh, by and large, these are COVID-related savings, so to put it. Um, and and of course uh, the, the the larger amount coming from uh, South African tourism, which is the 866. Uh, moving on to the next slide, I propose that I skip this slide because I've spoken to it as I was going through each of those adjustments in the expenditure. Destination development, uh, we, we, we've got savings in uh, tourism enhancement and uh, this is the program that uh, works with uh, the likes of uh, World Heritage sites, and uh, also with parks and so on uh, doing a whole lot of enhancements. This is where we also do work such as uh, uh, the interpretive signage and all that. Uh, So that that uh, has been reduced by 700,000. And then destination planning and investment reduced by 1,700,000. In the main, this reduction uh, is related to platforms where we would have actually taken South African exhibitions uh, on what what investment opportunities are there and so on and 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 most of that would actually if not all would actually not be taking place uh, this year so we have actually had that entire saving and uh, it has actually then gone to be part of that uh, billion the destination planning and uh, uh, the the working for, for tourism which is actually the epwp and i have alluded to the 14 that actually has been uh, uh, adjusted from that. Uh, let's move on. I will pass the next slide because it talks to what I just explained. And then tourism sector support services. Um, let's go to the slide below. Then I will simply go through that particular slide, uh, that 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 uh, that table slide, where we've got uh, the, the green incentive. I indicated that here. Uh, we do have sufficient capitalization. We'll still be able to service the program adequately. Uh, all we need is to make sure that we put speed to it. Uh, tourism incentive program, uh, the, the the transformation fund, uh, a saving of 10 uh, from that. And then we have got uh, the, the market access program, um, which we will not be doing uh in the most immediate period uh, because of COVID, as minister explained and that's about seven million eight hundred and twenty two thousand and um and the tourism incentive program as it relates to uh, the tourism equity fund uh where we adjusted 50 uh, million rands out of that and then there are these other activities like the world tourism day celebrations where the activations Take place in the provinces, and with with festivities, and and making sure that uh, we are showcasing that particular province or a part of a province that is not so well visited, but has got some 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 uh, worthiness in terms of making sure that the the products that they have uh, are, 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 are shown to the South Africans. Uh, we will not be able to do that. Uh, Tour operators, incubator, uh, we reduce that by 300,000. Most of the work is actually going to take place online. So no one is actually going to be sitting in some sort of a a setting uh, where that support will be done in that way. But it will all be done online. Women in tourism, incubation, uh, bulk of the work will also take place online with regards to this. There won't be Uh, the hands-on type of support that we had envisaged uh, before we actually adapted the the APP. And then feedback uh, to 27 sides on climate change and vulnerability. Uh, What has happened here? There is work that has been done. It's concluded uh, with regards to the extent of vulnerability and uh, the, the, the impacts and so on. And and these sites have already been identified. I mean, assessed. But the feedback needs to go back to uh, the, the the various sites to say this is what needs to happen. This is how you need to uh, get adaptation right and so on. We have reduced uh, that because by and large there was going to be a lot of travel to these sites and so on. Um, most of that uh, would probably not happen. Physically, and it will have to happen electronically. Um, Fedasa, we have got some sort of relationship where they, uh, when we do the the, the 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 tourism, the National Careers Expo, there's a, a session that involves uh, educators, and the educators are then taken through the full experience so that they've got an appreciation of what it is that they're actually going to deliver in the classroom and so on. So obviously that can happen in this kind of environment. Similarly, um, we've got a a saving of more than 3 million, almost 4 million rands that is associated with the Tourism Careers Expo. And then we have got... um, The local government PLN network, this is related to people moving up and down, going to the different districts and so on. Work will still happen and it's going to happen online, most of it. Journey to Service Excellence, Uh, the plan was that people would actually go to HAWIC and they would do certain assessments, certain excavations. They would go to Mkhwase and they would do the same processes uh, and physically Uh, in some of these places going there is not necessarily going to be the case. Uh, There will be interaction, but it's going to be electronically as well in that regard. Um, And then the other areas where uh, tourism safety strategy implementation, as well as the uh, initiatives to increase domestic uh, travel, which also gets associated with the other side. This would, uh, the last slide uh, before the, the, the thank you slide, um the understanding that we have honorable chairperson <clears throat> is that we 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 are responding in terms of our app to the current challenge that we are faced with with regards to making sure that uh, what we do would still be able to assist us either to maintain the product base or to ensure that uh, the skill set by the time of recovery would be ready for that. So we will be focusing a lot more. Um, there's, uh, there's, we've got some resources that we have put in making sure that we focus on the maintenance of public facilities uh the, the 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 tourism facilities that are in the hands of state um we have started with the national parks and there's going to be more work that will have to be done to look at uh the the the, the extent of uh, the need and the prioritization of course we don't have all the resources but it is important to 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 highlight this uh, we will be intervening in this particular area and, and that would be the government side, if you will, the government side of making sure that the product base does not uh, degenerate, and it would still be there by the time that we are ready to come back to, to, to business. Um, I, I also would like to highlight that uh, we are monitoring the environment very closely so that... By the time we also come to the adjustment budget, we should be uh, having sufficient information that tells us, is this the right time for us to be starting to get into the marketing? Uh, is this the right time for us to be getting into uh, promotions, to be getting into uh, whatever agreements, whether it is to uh, court the airlines so that they could start. Those will be the kinds of things that, Going into that particular environment, we will then have assessed and we will then have a better understanding of is this the right time for marketing? And our our hope is that when that time comes, as we knock at the door, uh, uh, then we, we we may be able to get uh, some some favorable uh, consideration going forward. Understanding the environment within which all of us are and the difficulties with regards to the fiscal as we speak. But uh, we do believe that tourism will definitely have a, a much greater role to play in that recovery when we actually get to it. Thank you very much, Jefferson.
0: The
7: meeting.
1: Thank you very much, uh, DG. Minister, anything to amplify or Deputy Minister?
4: I'm comfortable from my side, Chair.
1: Deputy Minister, is there anything to amplify?
8: No, I'm okay, Chair.
1: Thank you very much, Minister, Deputy Minister and the DG. Honorable members, there is the presentation. You now have an opportunity to interact with the presentation. We will start with Honorable Kumba. Thank you uh,
2: very much, Chair, for the opportunity. Let me start by um, appreciating the presentation um, as well as uh, also uh, saying to the committee that we are really going to miss Memurungwe because she played a very important role of training and development of the, of the people who, needed, who really needed to be trained and get capacity in terms of tourism. And we are saying, as the committee, we are dearly going to miss her and, they will, and thank her for the wonderful job that she has done for this country and uh, in particular in the tourism sector. Thank you very much. Uh, chair, coming to the presentation, I think I'm covered by uh, by the presentation. I really don't have much to say. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you very much, Honourable Gumbi.
9: Thank you very much, um, Chairperson. And thank you very much for the presentation. Uh, and also and also indeed I just want to echo the words um of my colleague around that uh after giving so many years to the public service, I think that anyone who has delivered that many decades needs to be commemorated um and well done. <coughs> um Chairperson, at the end of you know, Chairperson, when I listen to the presentation, the key thing that sticks to my mind um in the in the specific period is how do we save um the tourism industry from complete operation. Uh There's a lot of businesses which have gone down, and it's going to hurt for a very, very long time. And 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 there's a lot of um, reasons, obviously, in the adjustment budgets that you can say why certain things have to be the way they are. So of course, you know, uh, um, it's not normal, and so and so many things are going to change. And so the key thing that I want to get to is that. You don't get a sense of of when necessarily um, um, is is there going to be confidence back in the tourism sector as a sector which is going to provide jobs again, is going to be stable, and people can have confidence again. Now we've had comments previously um, about the fact that we expect the sector to to be up and running perhaps in December, and you know things do change quite rapidly but if for instance let's just say that this uh, a large part of the sector um, we want to be operating profitably to be employing people again around december um how almost does uh, uh, the budget speak completely to that there should be for instance um modeling which um, at this rate in time dictates necessarily when when the when the sector will be operating again and you don't get completely i don't get a complete sense of that. I've been for instance, with one specific issue where I took um, a, a sector within the tourism sector, the charter boats industry, and I've been communicating with the minister's office around assisting that industry to be able to open up safely, to be making sure that you know people's lives aren't put at risk. And for whatever reason, I have had specifically around this issue, challenges from the minister uh, minister's office around that. So I haven't really gotten full answers around that. And usually I must say that, you know, whenever I write to the, ministers, to the minister and to the office, I, I actually get a response fairly quickly and people get helped. But uh, for whatever reason, like I, I'm having challenges with this. So perhaps maybe to put this in a question, I'd like to ask, um, for instance, with the charter boats industry in Durban, which specifically uh, 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 has itself put up Representation to the minister and to the Corona, national coronavirus um, task force, or whatever you call it, they've specifically tried to say that you know uh, we want to be able to want to be able to open up and want to do so safely. When can they expect, for instance, a response? You know, because many jobs are on the line in that specific space. Um, what is the specific? What is the how and when and the predictability um, for? for the entirety of the recreational components of the sector um, to open up, so that people people who have certain services can be able to do so quite easily and do so categorically. So I think that at the end of the day, I'll rather go to the core substance of saving jobs. Um, whilst we understand that as well, we've got to make sure that we protect human life as far as possible. Thank you, Chair.
1: Thanks, Honourable Gumbi. Honourable Moteka. Thank you,
6: Chairperson. Uh, let me welcome the presentation. And before I got, uh, I get into the t- presentation, a regular we say, "Meme rongwa, o acherona kwa awe ngata ngata ya upirwa aji rela shaba." So kere ya kaya mama oikucha, weeps in the little hole le family kamuka. Kwa levu so uh Jefferson coming to the presentation is very that uh, uh and scary what COVID nineteen is doing to us as the nation. Uh my question is because I can I can see and I can hear the DG saying this adjustment have taken one billion. Uh, from from the, from from their from their budget meaning a lot of damage is 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 is, is done uh so uh, my question is how many jobs or job opportunities will be affected uh, by this by this adjustment because 1 billion is a lot of money 20%. and then uh the grading cost, maybe just to encourage uh, d- d- those who are struggling in this business uh, of tourism. The grading cost, will you still be able to to do away with it? Uh, the cost itself, not the grading. The grading being compulsory but free. Will, will you still be, be able to do it within this uh, financial year? And again, Jefferson, the, the destination development have lost about 16 million. What, are, what, are, what is this saying to the, 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 to, to the job opportunities? More especially if 14 million was for EPWP. How many opportunities will be lost out of that? And what are we doing to ease uh, that that kind of pain? If if
2: if if you
6: if you, you lost sixty million from this this nation development, what are you left with? And how does it affect the development of this nation or or uh, tourist attractions in the villages, townships, and small towns where your uh, APPs uh, was planning to do. Because uh, the minister, in her responses, two weeks back or three weeks, she even listed lot of areas in the rural areas uh, as, as she was answering to my question and and I was very happy because she even mentioned the areas in the rural areas and that's what I was looking for all the time so is this adjustment going to cut some of those I think person that's that's why I I, I I will stop thank you, thank you very much.
1: Thank you very much, Honourable Moteika. Honourable Kalipa. Honourable Kalipa, the opportunity is now yours. Okay, let's now go to Honourable Krambo.
10: Thank you, Chair. Okay, Yes, Thank you. So I have a couple of questions for the minister. Um, We all have the same disadvantage in that this is a new pandemic and we don't really know enough about it even now. Um, But one of the things that we have um, established, perhaps in the last week or so, that taking the Western Cape where it did seed first, um, it looks as though the peak is going to be later than expected and flatter. So one of of those implications that flow from that is that if indeed our other provinces, all of which we would like to attract tourists when we are finally able to open up, have the same kind of thing, a flatter but later peak in, 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 in infections, it may mean that the peak will not actually be at the end of August or beginning of September, but perhaps a little bit beyond that which means we're getting very close to the Christmas period, which traditionally is when people take their annual leave and do some traveling. And if that, in fact, is the case, um, what has the minister been doing or how has the department been strategizing around that, bearing in mind that we may not be in a position to capitalize on that simply because as much as we'd love to attract people from countries like um, New Zealand or Australia, possibly Switzerland, Austria, Germany, where where there's very, very few or no active cases left, certainly in the case of New Zealand, there was a period where there weren't any active cases. How will we be able to attract those people when they have a choice of going to a country which has got over the worst, or almost um, entirely over the virus, and yet we are still coming out of um, a very late peak. I think that is a practical consideration that I that I'd like to know what work has been done around modelling to see what is possible and what is not. Then my second and last question, Chair, is this, and I'm sorry to come back to that, but the Minister opened the meeting by referring to the um, COVID grant to businesses who met the BE requirements and express the hope that um, we would not see it as something um, racially based.
1: Yeah, your network is... Uh... Mm-hmm.
10: Um. Yeah, can you hear me, Chair? Yeah, okay, I'm carrying on. I see the Minister nodding, so she can hear me. Yeah,
4: I can hear, Chair. I don't know if it's your network.
10: Yeah, it, it oh, might be yours. No, if I'm nodding and you can hear,
4: proceed
10: Thank you. So she, she, she expressed that we'd hoped, um, she hoped that we would see it as merely implementation of uh, government policy that exists rather than being racially motivated. And um, I would say if A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C. That is a simple um, philosophical, logical statement. So I'm afraid it is um, something that has to do with the color of the employer. Now, if the department, as we've seen today, is forecasting a 12 to 24-month recovery period, there might well be calls for for further assistance in getting up and running again, rather than just getting through the virus. And I would assume then that much the same policy would apply. And we might be looking at qualification by means of BEE on requirements being met If, for example, you would apply to um, get something like a back on your feet once off grant. What advice would the minister give to potential employees when they look either to go back or maybe get into the tourism industry for the first time? Should they be looking at the race of the employer, bearing in mind that in terms of government policy, some businesses that they join will get the help and others will not? I would think it's a very practical consideration now because there are many employees that will permanently lose their jobs because the employees are employers are on colour. And I would imagine many people will be saying, Well, I ought to be careful. I don't want to start a job with a company that might not be getting assistance in the future. So what advice does she have for potential employees? Thank you, Chair.
11: Is done, sir.
1: Thank you very much, Honorable. I hope uh, the minister had to because the network on my side is a little difficult. Honorable Miyeni. Honorable Miyeni. Honorable Dufreitas.
12: Thank you chair. I hope everybody can hear me. Um, I just wanted just to specifically ask about slide five and slide 5 describes how the um, how the recovery is taking place and it talks about uh, the preceding slides it talks about 12 to 24 months. I just want to find out how they reach this. Uh, how was this ascertained considering that there are many countries that are in fact already, uh, have already opened their borders in various examples worldwide where tourism has already started so on what basis is this uh, 20, 24 months or 12 months um, you know discussed and what is being done if this is if this is uh, supported by empirical data how is this being communicated to the world uh, so that the industry can start planning for it because uh, the sense I get is governments just sitting waiting uh for these uh this miraculous 24 months to, to go by and in the meantime uh no bookings can take place the industry can't communicate with the rest of the world where for example you're seeing various countries already advertising various countries that are in fact closed their borders are closed but already telling the world and marketing their country right now so uh there are two prongs to my question what empirical evidence is it based on the 24 month cycle and secondly what is being planned for now, communicate to the world to revive tourism when the borders are open. Thank you.
1: Thank you very much, Honorable Gufratas. Honorable Carlo. Honorable Carlo. The President of the AIC. Honorable Carlo.
5: You are the Napoleon chair.
1: Honorable Sitole.
5: Thank you very much, Honorable Chaperson. O Salo Ubonga, and S. was Sample Avule Infundis, never Mm-hmm. First of all, I have only two questions that I want to, to get it from the department. First one is that one out of this two, two, 200 million which was the relief fund. How many companies have, have been benefited from those uh, uh, benefit companies? If they can actually detail it and give us per province, how many per province they have they benefited? And the other one, chairperson, is that one of the of, of the, uh, the recovery base, recovery, recovery system, which the department will have. I'm trying to check their focus. Are they focusing on the domestic sectors or domestic uh, companies, or they are even trying to check those international countries that, that don't have uh, the pandemic as it happened in this country? And the other one percent that I'm trying to check, they have their focus recovery on on this. Uh, on the on the sectors, because I'm worried that we, we can see they are just focusing for until until December this year or until next year. but if you you, you, you see the increasing of of this COVID uh, and then and then the debt that is happening, it seems that we are going to be more than two, two three years now so i'm trying to check what what system do they have in place actually to to focus in the coming years thank you very much
1: thank you very much Amaravol Sitole. Amaravol Peter.
11: thank you very much my chair um greetings to to my colleagues as well chair, i cannot agree more uh, with your statement that says we must just continue little with... Just a bit back from your screen, slightly.
1: Yeah, excellent. Thanks. Come forward Thank a bit, just a bit. Come, Jan. Yeah, just come forward a bit, slightly. Come forward a bit. Go back a bit. A bit, just slightly. Go back, slightly. Go back. Yeah, good. Thank
11: you very much, Jebessin. Uh, <laughs> Let me, uh, <laughs> let me thank you let me thank uh, you say i cannot agree more about your statement that says we we must continue with precautionary measures as, as the country um as as the eastern cape amongst many that we have lost uh, yesterday we learned that indeed the 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 queen of Amakosa, of uh, Anolo Yeso has also succumbed, you know, uh, to COVID. So she was the mother of the Amakosa nation and and uh, may her soul rest in peace, Chair. The uh, triple BEE, it's something that I think we've passed the stage. We need not to keep on explaining ourselves on it, Triple uh, BEE is here to stay, um, but the only thing that we should do is just to act responsibly as we are doing as 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 the department. Um, we will continue with the triple BEE, but of course we have to make sure that we also bring the balancing act. Make sure that other you know sectors are not uh, also uh, suffering. I think that's what we must we must do. Then um, if you go to slide five, uh, the recovery or and and the sequence of the recovery, I think we 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 are right to say we must focus on the domestic tourism when it comes to uh, the recovery. Um, then the a billion rand that is lost, it's it's quite a lot of money. It's quite a lot of money. So. Maybe what we should consider, uh, Minister, uh, going forward uh, through your, your office chair, if we are able to come back uh, in full swing as Parliament, uh, we must maybe consider uh, convening a, a straight plan that uh, will invite all the key role players uh, before the end of this year. And, and then under one roof, we are able to delve deeper As to what is it that we think we should do moving forward, uh, you know, to turn around the situation. I think we need a two or three days workshop, kind of, whereby we we might even invite the president, the the minister, make a full presentation to everyone. And that district plan, of course, the by our chairperson throughout up to the last day. Maybe we should consider that and and make sure that at least moving forward, we are able to take all the ideas from other stakeholders in the sector as well. Thank you very much, Chairperson.
1: Thank you very much, Honorable Peter. Honorable T.S. Karpow.
2: Thank you
13: very much. Uh, Good afternoon, all of you. Uh, Chairperson, uh, let me, as a member of the committee, welcome the presentation with its uh, adjusted uh, budget. Uh, reduced as it is, Chair, uh, if it's used effectively and efficiently, it will change the lives of the people of South Africa. Uh, Chairperson, I am also welcome the the green light of the Level 3 regulations on the opening of the tourism businesses. But I'm standing here to appeal to the public out there to observe and adhere to the precautionary measures of keeping safe chair. My question to the Department is, are there monitors or any method of enforcement of level three regulations to tourism business restaurants or whatever attraction that is there now that the the pandemic seemed to be the virus seemed to be is rumored to be airborne it means if it's not in your house, it's in your doorstep, if not in your neighborhood chair. Let me also touch the issue that's interesting on the relief that's targeting freelancing tourist guides that I appreciate. Uh, It's the same as what was implemented by the Department of Transport in assisting taxi drivers. Uh, How I wish that assistance can be extended to those that are working part-time in restaurants, as they were also affected, more so during Level 5, Jefferson. When I come to the issue of uh, the notice that I saw, in the documents that we received from Jerry's office, there was a notice, that was calling for submissions. I am asking myself, Chair, how long has it been out there? I am worried about the timing because I saw the deadline as the 31st of July and we are still during a level three lockdown. Uh, I'm considering, Chair, because The voice that we want is the voice of those that feel that they are left behind. The voice of those that feel the pinch. I am worried, Chair, because we are still during lockdown and there's a deadline of the 31st. I'm not asking the department. I'm asking Parliament now, our committee. What I can say to DDG Morongo is uh, the Jefferson's words and the words from the latter speakers are also my words. I can just summarize by saying she must enjoy and stay at home with he, her family. He, she must use the skills that she has acquired during these years to capacitate others. Uh, go well, you will be missed by us. Thank you very much, Cheperson.
1: Okay. Thanks, uh, Honorable uh, Ts. Uh, Honorable Makubela. Uh,
3: Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Let me also uh, echo the sentiments uh, from my colleagues, uh, which is yourself, Chairperson and other honorable members in wishing Memo Rungwe a very farewell. May she retire gracefully, and may she be covered uh, in the umbrella of the almighty God who will protect her and give her long life as she go to retirement. Uh, Chairperson, I only have uh, two questions uh, to the department, to DDG to dg uh, uh, mr tarage uh, all i want to find out chairperson is that whether uh, the the approximately 1 billion that is taken currently from our budget to deal with a uh, to to deal with covid issues uh, will Treasury or has Treasury taken an an undertaking to say, when the tourism is uh, recovering, uh, whether it be later in the year or the first phase of uh, 2021, will that money be returned so that it supports the tourism recovery strategy? I just want to get the undertaking from Treasury uh, so that we are at ease as the committee to understand that uh, tourism is taken serious and the money that has been uh, taken to be used elsewhere, which uh, currently is very much needed uh, to deal with the pandemic, it will be returned uh, to our program, uh, which is a tourism uh, department. Chairperson, the second question that I have is around the issues of the EPWP work opportunities. Can perhaps the DG share with us this uh, revised uh, or adjusted budget, how does it affect those job opportunities? Can maybe uh, he explained to us in percentage form to say so many job opportunities are going to be shared within this program of EPWP as a result of funds being shifted away from such program. And then I also heard the DG talking about the tourism greening a, a, a program, which, a Chairperson, a I must say, it is a very good program because it looks at how best can uh, enterprises or businesses within the tourism uh, sector be assisted in terms of maybe their energy efficiencies and so on, and that reduces their their payment to electricity and other stuff. Perhaps can maybe uh, the the, the DG explain to us to say, because this program, I know for for the past uh, previous uh, financial year, there wasn't anything on the program or it was not reported adequately so currently in line with the new app and the and the and the revised strategy and the revised app what are the key uh, elements that will see this uh, money uh, being used effectively being used to benefit a uh, Small BNPs within townships, uh, within rural communities, can that be quantified? And per- perhaps can we be assured, as a committee, to say this money will be channeled largely to benefit those uh, small PNBs, so that they can reduce their uh, ele- electricity consumption, and this thus this will ensure that they have a little bit of savings uh, into their pockets, and that can also sustain them in these trying times. Thank you, Chairperson.
1: Thank you, Honorable Makugela. Is Honorable April there? OK, it doesn't look like you, have got. Hello, Chairperson. I am here. OK, proceed.
8: No, Chairperson. Mine was just to, to welcome also the presentation. I've been following the meeting. I was waiting for my name to come up. Um, uh, welcome the presentation from the department and also just to wish Umama uh, Godspeed for the retirement and thank her for the service that she has given uh, of her life, uh, even as an administrator to, to, to the course of transformation
7: in the country. I I thank you, Chairperson.
1: Thank you very much, Honorable Ayiparad, and Honorable members for the questions and the engagements and the proposals. Minister, from my side, it is just uh, one of two things. The first one is around whether the department has looked at what is the possible worst case scenario and how we are preparing for that possible worst-case scenario and what will be the best case scenario and how we are preparing for that best-case scenario because, yes, gradually the tourism sector will be opening up. People are now be allowed to be sitting in restaurants and so on. But we all know that they are not going to make profit. So they will just be in a survival mode. So the difficulty is going to be those who have just started to get into the sector, running small businesses, and those who are still on the plans of starting to get into the sector itself. So those who are small and those who are starting have got no access to capital that will cushion this devastating economic uh, environment also linked to the coronavirus i know that uh, the matter relating to how we prepare for the worst case scenario is not necessarily in the hands of the department it's more on how the department will be working with the rest of the participants in the or the role players in the tourism sector so it is in that context to say we we don't know what will happen. I, I know that experts are saying, we must we are now on a search where there will be a peak, and then the flat the the the, the graph is likely to flatten. But the reality is that we don't know what is going to be happening. That that is what is is uh, is the reality. We we don't know what will be happening uh, six months from now. Uh, Twelve months from now, yes, there are those who are in a hurry to open and so on because businesses are uh, affected. Um, and at the same time, when things go wrong, they blame the department. And when actually it's not, the department doesn't run hotels and lodges and and BNBs and all these other activities which drive our tourism sector in the republic. What the department does is to try and make sure that coordination, communication, issues of uh, infrastructure that is government-related, uh, the little bit that is there in the budget is used to create an environment that will enable uh, people to move forward in as far as uh, participation in the tourism sector is concerned. So I just wanted to know if uh, we have done that uh, scenario in risk planning if not, we can get it in the future. Um, another example, uh, we get your point. Uh, remember, as a committee, we agreed that uh, for the next four years, starting this year, we are going to be reporting to the people of South Africa on the extent to which there's been transformation in the tourism sector for the last 26 years, and the plans that are in place to aggressively drive transformation in the tourism sector. So we said we'll be doing that every September. So this process will culminate into us releasing a report on transformation as part of oversight uh, in September, towards the end of September. Before the report is released on what the public is saying, we are going to be sitting down with the department so that together we can go through that particular report. I think the proposal you are making, nobody will oppose it, that... uh, we can leave the process open-ended. And what we do in September is to give the public what we have at our disposal. And every year we we do that, particularly around the achievements and the plans going forward. So I don't think it should be a major issue, the matter that you are raising, because of the conditions we find ourselves in, where people don't have access to all the social media platforms, send the information, the proposals, and so on. So I think their proposal is okay. Honorable Minister, Mamuluku and Deputy Minister, over
4: to you. Thank you, Chair. We've got on the line as well as our DDGs. Um, I'm going to ask, I think there are quite a number that relates to DDG, chetia Tia, DDG will, be, will come in, but also DDG Murunga. I don't think there's anything for DDG to mark that I picked up, but will come later after they've responded. So I'll allow the DDGs and DG to come through, respond to the issues, and then we'll come in myself and DM please.
14: Thank you. Uh, Chair and Minister, and and the colleagues. I'm going to respond on the question on how many entities have received the, the, the TRF in terms of provinces, the split provincially. Maybe I'll start first to indicate that the 200 million kept at 50,000, was going to support 4,000 entities. At this point in time, we have received 7,293 applications, and what we have managed to pay at this point is 3,861, that is uh, nationally. Province-wise, starting first with the Western Cape, We had 1,875 applications. We have managed to approve 936. For Northern Cape, we have received 222. We're able to approve 119. For Northwest, we received 299 applications. We're able to approve 157. For Mpumalanga, 434 were able to approve 227. For Limpopo, 529 applications were received, were able to approve 281. For KZN, 1,149 applications were received, we were able to approve 581. For Houten, we received 1,752, we were able to approve 981. For Free State, 285 applications received, and we were able to pay 131. I need to indicate that today, as well, we had some payments, but we are still to reconcile, uh, in terms of province-wise, how many have we uh, distributed to to all the provinces. Thank you very much. Thank you, and thank you very much for the well-wishing. I really enjoyed working for government. And as the Chair said, I'll continue to volunteer my services. Thank you.
15: Thank you, Minister. I will respond, honourable members, to the questions raised about the Expanded Public Works Program and the destination development targets. I want to reiterate what Minister indicated, that all of the targets that were presented in our revised APP will be achieved within the current budget. So, the projects that were projects in um, various small towns and villages that were presented in the revised APP are still work that we will be able to do within the current budget. Um, With regards to the impact on the um, expanded public works work opportunities, we did present a downward revision in our revised APP of the work opportunities that would be achieved this year. That revision was actually based on the conditions on the ground. Um, At that point in time, we had, of course, envisaged a very prolonged um, um, reopening of our sector. And also what that took into account was whether we could make the conditions safe for students who were in classroom learning to return to classroom learning but also whether there were employers who we could place um, various participants on the program on. So the considerations around the adjustment of our work opportunity figures were in fact based on conditions on the ground and I do want to confirm that the work opportunities that we stated in the revised APP which was 2500 will still be achieved this year. Thank you very much, Honourable Members, um, Minister. Thank you, DDG.
4: Didi, I don't think there's anything for DDG Duma. If you can take the remaining and then.
7: Thank you very much, Minister. Thank you, Honourable Chairperson. Um, minister, I'm going to start with, I had hoped that uh, Ausumrunga was going to deal with uh, the tourism uh, greening and some of the activities associated. But essentially, what uh, the program, the the sub-program does, uh, it it allows for applications from establishments. The establishments would then get to be assessed for the need with regards to what has to be retrofitted Uh, what sort of savings can be realized in terms of energy or in terms of water and so on, what are the practices that were there and so on. Now, previously on this program, what we have been doing was to train youth and then we get the youth to go and be the ones that are going to deal with the assessments and so on. Unfortunately, that seems to take a bit of time. And in the environment where the businesses are currently, there is a much more need to be a lot more frequent. We don't want to entirely lose the aspect of them getting some experiential learning and so on out of that, but there is a need for us also to recognise that the environment requires some expediency and we will then be re-looking at the manner of operation that we were running to ensure that we bring efficiency and speed into it, which will then ensure that uh, the 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 the... The decisions are quicker, and the processes are also quicker with regards to getting people to be retrofitted. the The question that was raised by Honorable Makubela with regards to uh, do we do we have a deal? Let me put it like that. Uh, for 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 lack of a uh, better word, do we have a deal with National Treasury? No, we don't have a deal with National Treasury. We will all be guided by. The, the the what the minister of finance announced during the budget uh, the budget the, the 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 last the last emergency budget that uh, going forward we are all going to be subjected to to zero based budgeting it means we will have to make our case and this is why i said we are busy and hard at work to look at uh, the cases and how best we can actually position ourselves so that we could make a compelling case for tourism to be able to get resources. So there's no more baseline. Only what is currently in the budget, the remaining uh, billion plus uh, three or so, that is what 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 we have got. But come 2021, 2022 financially, we are not going to be uh, having that that baseline anymore. We will have to fight for the resources with everybody else, so our case must be solid, and we should then be able to present. We believe that uh, the environment would also be in part a contributing factor with regards to where we are as a country and how ready are we with regards to getting back to 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 certain types of operations. The 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 other. Uh, issue that uh that, that 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 was that was raised um so I'm trying to to look yes the issue about 12 uh, to 24 month most people that are following journals uh, whether it's uh, wall street or whether it's tourism pure and so on, they, this is this is what seems to be coming through that this this recovery firstly is going to be a lot longer than the recovery that we saw with the SARS virus. But let me let me try and and demonstrate illustrate what what this twelve to twenty four month uh, looks like, and then out of that, then it will be a lot more visible. At the moment, what we have is a risk adjusted approach. In the risk adjusted approach, we don't have as an example inter-provincial travel which means within that we have not really opened up domestic travel per se there's a number of activities that we have also still not seen coming through as yet within the risk adjusted approach of course we don't quite know from where we sit what the epidemiological um data will show going forward um if if it continues to be negative We don't know what then would that mean in terms of decisions going forward with regards to these operations. In the event that, I'm using this as an example, in the event that uh, the activities that are taking place now, at a much smaller scale, and these activities again are taking place in an environment where people are even cautious of going to those places themselves, when we look at that and without without the borders opened and everything else, when we look at that and we say between now and December, if you go at that particular pace and then you've got to add another six months beyond that, that takes you to 12. Given an environment where you are not necessarily going to be having any form of uh, incoming inflow of people that are coming from other countries and all those kinds of things. By June next year, if between say January and and June, uh, there's, there's an increase in those activities and so on, we are getting to a point where we may not even see those businesses getting to the first level where they are. So for us, recovery would mean the businesses the level of businesses that we've got currently would have been back. There's so many businesses that have already gone lost uh, out completely and they would not necessarily be back. Uh, For us, it would mean that the levels of jobs would be at that level that we were before we got into this situation. There's, There's a clear indication that there's a whole lot, and even in the survey that we did initially, there's a whole lot of jobs that already at this point in time would have been lost. So to get back to that, that's why we are talking about 12 to 24 months, and we don't know whether that is even going to be enough. But the reality is that the impact is going to be felt for a considerably much longer period of time than what has happened with the previous disasters, whether it was SARS, whether it was the, the 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 global financial crisis and other crises that we have seen. But this this particular one will take much 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 longer um they i i i think some of the the issues uh are not yeah we'll answer them yes <laughs>
4: Thank you. <laughs> we <are not> <laughs> thank you. <for> <laughs> I don't think TM has has comments um, based on the issues before I come at the end. TM
8: No thanks, thanks, thanks Minister, and thank for the members of the committee for the for the questions and the input that they've raised. Well, well, mine is just to emphasise firstly the point that the chair raised around the EPWP, that the presentation that we have made during the appropriation. I mean, the the start of the APP uh, is, is is still stand. is not affected by, by by the by the current uh, adjustment because as we have indicated, Minister, earlier on that the, 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 the APP has been adjusted in accordance with uh, what is we are currently presenting. So the the issue, uh, especially the Honorable Decker, is, is not affected what the Minister said uh, during the, the APP discussion uh, in terms of the villages and small towns, uh, projects that are either the feasibility or development, they still stand, they're still proceeding as planned. There are no changes on that. And then the, the, the issue, just to emphasize the issue that it was raised around the green uh, program. Uh, well, as, as indicated, it was been performing very well, but there's some good work that has been taking place. Uh, I participated in one program were graduates uh, were unemployed were the ones that were running that program. Secondly, it, it mainly all those that benefited out of the program that I attended were, were people from the villages who has BNBs and guest houses and mainly women. Uh, that was a, that's a good thing about it. So I'm sure if we can proceed with it, it it's going to make a lot of impact into people into into into, into the industry. They're very happy those women. They learned a lot about how to save energy, how to save water and and and, and also So it was a very it's a very good program. And I'm convinced that if we proceed with it, it's going to be of great help and of get assistance to 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 small businesses as the focus it has been always like that. The yeah, I'm sure that that's that's what I want to make. Well, the issue of PE, colleagues, we must understand it. It's, it's a government policy. It's, it's all of us must not look it from a negative perspective. Its intention is to ensure that is a redress, to make sure that we transform the, the the economy to benefit all South Africans, regardless of their color, race, or skin. So that's the intention of the policy. And that policy, it has been there, and and we can't deviate from it unless we've managed to address the fundamental challenges that confront a society, South African as a whole. Because if we don't do that, the economy will still be skewed and not benefiting the entire population of South Africa. So it's a redress policy, aimed at addressing that. So all of us must 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 support it, and work around and make sure that we 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 make sure that it works so that we transform this country and this sector uh, to the benefit of all South Africans.
4: Thanks. Thanks, dear. Um Let me first start, Honorable Members. Thank you very much for for the present for the questions comments. We do appreciate. Starting with Honorable um, Gumbi, a lot of things have been answered. Honorable Gumbi, I think maybe the mistake might have been in the response letter, you were not copied. We did respond to the, um, the charter the boards that um, you, you wrote to us. Um, there was a letter that you forwarded to us. We responded to them. The matter is because their issue falls under transport, so they're not regulated by the Minister of, of Tourism. So that's why it becomes difficult to enter into another person's territory. So that's what we explained to them and we guided them in terms of how they should be able to go by um, in in getting their sector um, opening because they need to get the protocols and all those things. And through Minister Mbalula, they will submit those um, through NetJoy. I think quite a number of things have been responded to. I hope... I didn't hear anyone, DG, respond to the issue of the grading cost. We will deal with that in detail. you will see it, Honorable Modega, at um when we present for SAT, but we do not have costs. So for this financial day, we took a decision that we are not going to, to take money for, for um for the grading. But you'll see it clearly when SAT presents um next week. Um, I think others have been responded. Honorable Crumbok asked me what advice would I give it to employees. I would say to them, when you get employment for your sustainability and for the sustainability of the employer, I would urge you to encourage your employer and have a conversation to check if your employer is compliant not only on BE, but also on UIF, because one of the challenges that we see quite rapidly in the sector is that When the tests were offered, many of the employers were not compliant and therefore their employees fell off. Some of them were deducting from the salaries of the employees and they were not paying to UIF. That's why as government, we took the decision that we're not going to penalise the employees who are going to pay them. So those that could prove from the pay slips that the money were deducted, were able to. So this is sustainability for themselves and sustainability for the future. Many of those in the sector, by the way, Honorable Kranbok that I've talked to, they do acknowledge, and it's not even about colour, both black and white businesses, any race, I've interacted with them. Many of them would call even to say, you know, Minister, uh, we thought we were cheating government. Actually, we've learned a lesson. Uh, We want you to assist us so that we can be good businesses. Others were operating without paying UIF. Others would be informal companies, but when you look at their income, they are not even uh, compliant with some, so we will help them. And I've said to them openly to say, our responsibility as the department is to be able to assist you. One of the things I've given back to the chair of BE Council was to say, I think we need to find mechanisms of reaching out more so that people do understand the requirement, because many, even those who qualified um, actually didn't. There's a an email I received, Chair, from one of the beneficiaries who thanked me for paying, and it says when he had a discussion with many of them, they discouraged him from applying. And he says in the email, I thank God that I did not listen to them because I've received my support. I qualified, but they said to me because I'm white, I don't qualify. And this is the misinformation that is dangerous for our sector. This is the misinformation that is dangerous for our communities. Because if we don't say things the way they are, we misinform people. And they will not benefit from things that they qualify for. So I do continue to urge, honorable members, that we do make sure that when we communicate, let's communicate, because once we say only black, then even those that qualify, that have done everything, they sit back just on the basis of what you have said as a leader. So we do have a responsibility. And indeed, if we are to be requested to do something in terms of the grants or anything, because it's law, we'll definitely continue to apply. Because if we did not have people who qualified, we would not be spending the money as we're doing now. Uh, Honourable Freitas, I think uh, DG has responded quite a lot. I don't think government is sitting and waiting. I've been part of quite global discussions. We are not actually not behind ourselves. We do meet regularly as ministers, have conversations to say what is happening here, what is happening in that country. You do see, you know that even some of the countries that had opened um, are now closing. If you saw uh, Switzerland issued a statement that some of their lead scientists are starting to say we regret in the manner that we have done. So there is global analysis that we are doing constantly to look at what is happening, what are the lessons that can be learned. And many of them are actually do appreciate what we are doing. One of the things that we have decided as the department, for example, as part of going back into the global market is to say, because we do know that right now, people, when they look at South Africa, they look at the numbers. If you can remember how we looked at one, That's the reality. Remember when China started having the numbers, how majority of the people, when they looked at one, they panicked. So you need to have that at the back of your mind, that when people see these numbers in South Africa, they start worrying because the numbers are looking higher and they want to do evaluation now. In response to that, we've decided as the department that we are going to develop what we call under norms and standards. What you refer as COVID-19, tourism COVID-19 protocols. This is because our act allows us to have norms and standards for the sector. And we believe once we do this, because we do have some of them in place, we just need to finalise our meeting with some of the business sectors to say, this is what we want to do. Can we agree on how we are going to do it? And we believe that once we do them, we publish them. This is one of the areas that we build confidence globally to say, yes, these people are doing, they've got the virus, but in the tourism sector, they've developed mechanisms so that I can feel comfortable. If I am to go to that country when the borders are open, I will feel comfortable to do that. The other opportunity that we see as the department is on the district model, paying attention to the district. So we want to say in those districts that are declared to not to be hotspot, that do not have the virus that is too strong, would want to evaluate the tourism activities there and start greening them as tourism-free, COVID-free type of a thing for that area and market to say, in this area, these are the activities, there is no COVID in here. So that you start saying, this is what we're doing. is part of building confidence. We can't guarantee that people are going to come. We are not uh, managing the the pandemic, we are not managing the borders. But what we can do as part of being in that process, when we listen to the epidemiologists in terms of the trends, I think Honourable Krambokhe was able to look at it to say, this is what it means, because every day changes, every week it changes. Last month, if you ask me, I was confident about September. As we look at now, we are towards the end of uh, July and we are told it's grown. So, it changes every week. That's why your modelling and your work that you do has to constantly update. That's why we do the surveys to check where people are. That's why we constantly sit with what the epidemiologists give us, go back to the sector and say, okay, this is what is looking like, and what is going to be. So those are some of the things that we are able to communicate. We communicate with UNWTO quite frequently. We communicate with WTTC quite frequently, we talk with ministers. So there is that communication. WTTC represents the private sector globally. So when you go there, the people who are booking, normally who are tour operators, big tour operators and all that, rely on WTTC, what they're saying about those countries. So that's what we are doing to make sure that we build the confidence about our destination. And I think we'll talk more as well in terms of the destination planning and what we want to do. When we deal with uh, the issue of um sat next week but the tourism recovery strategy we are one of the few actually i don't think there's many countries that have a document that we call it tourism recovery we've consulted we've made inputs we are almost at the end and we're hoping that we'll publish it as part of building confidence and in that we are saying we're going to see recovery from domestic the unfortunate parts chase that we do have some of our Attractions who are saying their products is not meant for domestic market, meaning they are not willing to reduce the prices, put packages that will be favorable for the domestic market, and those will continue to suffer if this pandemic prolongs. That's the unfortunate part, but we'll continue to engage them as we receive this information so that they can make the choices themselves because these are their properties, these are their businesses we can only provide with information, we can provide support and guidance, and therefore we will rely on them also to be adaptable to the environment that we are dealing with. So I think quite a number of issues have been responded to. Um, the issue of airborne, yes, um, there is that issue. We currently, we have not finalized the presentations we, from NCCC, I think once that presentation is done, Minister Mkisa will go on public. We've asked um, from NCCC that can they go on public um, to explain to South Africans what does this mean um, in terms of the details that are coming through. So this work, I will leave it in terms of those. Uh, I do hear you about the assistance for part-time in restaurants. Uh, we still have quite a number of areas that are not looked at. We were hoping that as we open these restaurants, um, the people who are workers in this restaurant will start getting reprieve because they will be working. But it's very clear that with the numbers continuing in in most hubs where you are finding um, tourism activities, they will continue to be affected. Chaperson, uh, yes, I agree with you. Quite a lot of things that you've raised. We, what we have done, we've not really said um, base case or worst case scenario. We've looked, as I'm saying, it's it's such a dynamic environment. One week you are sitting here, you say, okay, this is the scenario you plan. The West, next week, it's it's just moved completely the opposite direction. We're thinking that as we go towards this peak, we'll start having stability of information and we can be able to say, okay, this is what. But what we, we had started in March, we I think we, we'll still use that. Because in March, when we started, we used three scenarios. Um, The worst case scenario at that time, we were saying, or the best case scenario, we were saying, if we are able to manage the pandemic with everybody else globally quicker, uh, then it means, and by, we were saying by June, I think, May, June at that time. And then we were saying then the tourism would have less impact into it. Then the medium, we were saying at that time, if we manage the pandemic, yes, with everybody else, but then we manage it later, maybe towards it runs towards your September and all that, we still found it to be that we could still recover easily. But if we are, others are recovering and we remain behind. That's the worst case scenario. It says to us, then we are going to suffer in the stigma because everybody else would have opened. Uh, but the issue with this virus chair. Even those that think that they've managed, it has a way of resurfacing. So you can have a second wave. You think you have managed it like those who have opened now, even closing the borders because they're fearing that something is happening wrong. So you are not able to exactly say this will be my best case scenario. This will be my worst case scenario. We've done that worst case scenario and best case scenario. And we think where we are. It's not accurate anymore. We'll need to do, so we continuously do that. And once we reach that point in terms of risk planning, we'll do. But I do agree with members that the impact of COVID-19 into the economy of, 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 into the, the impact on the sector is huge. Ours is to constantly, that's why we advocated for opening at level three of many of the activities. Uh, And we worked tirelessly to get the protocols to satisfy what health was looking for, and we do believe that in that way it's sustainable. Because if you look at the fiscals and the fact that we do not have the necessary resources, our budget is um, has been redirected. And I must say it's redirected to where it's needed because it would not make sense to South Africans. If I'm sitting as Minister of Tourism, I say I have money and I'm spending it on marketing, but health says we do not have money for bids. It will be difficult as a leader to justify that in society. So that's why we've got to be able to understand that it's prioritization and that's why we could see accede to the request by Treasury because we understood that it's about priori- reprioritization and putting what is necessary and saving the lives of South Africans first. We do believe that more work can be done. Once we are at maybe October, we are clear that the virus has been managed and maybe we can go and bid with national treasury to request the money to come back and we can still do marketing and cover up our work we've not lost touch that's why we'll come back next week when we present with sat our hubs in terms of offices globally are operational and they will explain how we are ensuring that we do not lose our we do not move our foot on the pedal in terms of us remaining with our presence in those source markets um, thank you very much, Chair.
1: Okay, as Lucy, can you hear me?
3: Yes, I can hear you, Chairperson. so yes, I can, can
1: hear you, Um. So can I proceed?
3: Yes, you can proceed, Chairperson. I can hear you.
1: Okay, the reason why honorable members, so I'm asking honorable whether she can hear me is because there was a network problem on my side. For instance, I didn't hear the DG at all. So I had asked uh, that in in in, a, in case of this catastrophe of, of network, myself being cut and so on, she must take over. So I just thought that I must formalize that. Minister, we want to thank you and your team for really making sure that within the difficulties that you find yourselves in as a department, within the constraints of the budget in which you find yourselves, within the competing demands that are brought in there within the tourism sector, and all the pressures that we have been facing from those who have been going to the courts From those who questioned your bona fides in the department, your intentions, and so you remain focused on the principle. So we want to thank you for that. And we also want to thank you for extending the hand to speak to those who may have not understood why certain approaches had to be followed by the department from the outset. So we learn everything. We learn every week, we learn every month uh, going forward. Now we want to thank you for that. In conclusion on our board members, all of us, all of us in South Africa, we must understand that you having gone to a driving school and securing a driver's license does not necessarily mean that tomorrow you will not be involved in an accident. I want to repeat, you go to a driving school? to secure driver's license, it doesn't mean that tomorrow you may not either cause an accident or be involved in an accident. So this applies to us who think that we are not affected or infected by the coronavirus. This applies to us who may have gone through the 14 days, 20 days, 21 days, 30 days quarantine. To think that because we have gone through that process, It means that you pose no danger to other people going forward. That is why it has to be compulsory. Whether you've got corona or you don't have corona, our behavior must be consistently the same so that wherever we we meet as South Africans, whether it's in a restaurant, whether it's in a bus, whether it's in a taxi, there can be assurance on each other's part that the the, the risk of the, the virus being transmitted to the next person is almost minimal. So I know we want to open. I know we want to operate. We know that we want to make profit, but let's give the department, the government in general, that support that they need, ourselves as the society, because we don't know I may be thinking that I don't have uh, the virus and I go to the restaurant and a mistake happens and then the virus is contracted there. It means we'll be peddling backwards. The achievements that we have uh, attained so far will be peddling backwards on those particular achievements. So, Minister, you're in a tight corner because uh, the sector is pushing that we must open up. Now, that is understandable because there's pressure from the banks and other financing institutions for them to pay their loans. There's also pressure from the staff for them to be paid. There's also pressure to upkeep upkeep the infrastructure. If you have a hotel or a lodge, you must make sure that it's in, in good state so that by the time we open, you can be able to participate. So there's all those prizes on your head. You have the support of the committee in dealing with this, uh, these challenges that you are facing. And we want to thank you that every time when we say, let's talk, let's engage, let's share views, you are available for that engagement. Yourself, the deputy minister, and the rest of the collective of the tourism department. Aos Moroma, Mudimu, I want to thank you for the loyal service you have provided to the rest of the tourism sector in South Africa at large. So, uh, thank you very much, Minister, Deputy Minister, and your collective uh, Thank you very much, honourable members of the committee. The rest of the issues, like minutes and so on, we'll deal with them in the next meeting. So this is how we come to the end of this uh, portfolio committee meeting today. Thank you very
11: thank much. You. Uh, thank you very thank much. You very much. Yeah. Thank yeah. you
1: very much.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you very much.